This is Conversations on Living, a podcast about how to be well, do well, and live well. It's New Year's Eve, and I'm very tired. I don't know about you, but this year feels like it's really taken its pound of flesh from me. And so I thought it would be appropriate to uh, record this in bed. So I'm lying in bed, and um, I'm getting ready to tuck myself in for the night and say goodbye to 2021 and say hello to 2022. About this time last year, I did a uh, podcast which was all about intention setting for the year ahead. And uh, I thought I could do that again this year, but then, you know, it gets a bit samey, doesn't it? So I wanted to instead explore some of the themes that have been popping up time and time again in the podcast. It's been a, a great year for the podcast. I've had some truly amazing conversations with people like Tracy Stanley, who talked about Yoga Nidra, uh, Andy Mort, who uh, shared some wisdom with me about letting go. Uh, two of the most um, interesting conversations I had were with Krish Shrikumar. He's a games developer and he uh, is developing games that people can play that can uh, encourage mindfulness and beneficial habits like meditation and things like that. I've been very lucky to have conversations with Trudy Goodman, uh, with AJ Jacobs, we talked about gratitude, and the writer Oliver Berkman as well shared some of his uh, insights and wisdom. And there have been people like um, Tanya Markle as well, and uh, just a whole host of very wise uh, and deep thinkers who have shared some ideas with me about how to live a life. And that's what this podcast started out as. I went through a bit of a, a dark period of the soul. They call it a dark night of the soul. And um, I started my career uh, in journalism and I did very well in my younger years. I ended up living in New York, be being associate editor on a uh, magazine just after 9-11. And then uh, a couple of years later, I was back in the UK and I couldn't seem to progress myself any further and I didn't know why. And uh, I ended up driving a van for a living, which was a great job and I met some amazing people, but it was just not where I wanted to be and I was quite, quite depressed. And I really thought that I'd failed at life and I thought to myself, where did I go wrong? Where does, you know, what, what is the secret that I'm missing that everyone else seems to um, know that I don't? Did I miss a day at school? Where they said oh and by the way when you go out into life this is how you do it because it felt like i was lost i was floundering and i had this kind of constant churning of negative thinking going on in my head you know you're a failure you're a loser it was just on and on and on and I, it was uh, really not much fun to be around i can't say that i'm much more fun now but i certainly didn't want to be that guy anymore who was constantly in need of cheering up so I set out to find out. So I started approaching people who seemed to have life sorted. There were people who were running their own businesses, people who had written books, entrepreneurs, um, monks, you know, people who either had a, a good, strong outlook on life or were carving their own niche and making it happen, you know, creating their own reality. And over time, there were some reoccurring themes that started to crop up. The first one is that I didn't miss a day at school. Um, I just, uh, you know, I was just like everyone else. Nobody knows how this game is to be played, but you have to go into life with courage. There's a there's a kind of phrase that I keep um, coming up to uh, coming up with time and time again, and it's if you step up to life, life will step up to meet you. But I've always been afraid. I've always always been afraid of taking risks, of putting my head above the parapet. 
and uh, as a result I kind of didn't go anywhere and I felt like I was working hard I was keeping my head down but I wasn't uh, going anywhere I wasn't stepping up to life and as a result um, I felt like I was being left behind um, and that was one of the themes you, you have to have a little bit of courage you have to go out there take a big deep breath and go out there and make things happen um, you know take chances chances uh, start a podcast write a book I've written well I've published three books now one is a collection of my blog posts but I've written two other books as well about some of my ideas on living you know just do stuff get out there make stuff happen and the more you get out there and start making stuff happen the more things will start to kind of fall into place especially if the thing you're trying to make happen is aligned with who you really are if it's floating your boat resonating with you you know if you're doing something that is highly aligned with your values then the chances are things will start to happen in the early days of this podcast i spoke to a guy called toby smallpiece who um, had decided to set up his own brewery on some land that he owned and the more he got into it you know they talk about the universe kind of aligning for you um, but the more he got into it the more he started to you know immerse himself in this world of brewery the more things started to work out for him and you can call it the universe aligning or you can just kind of understand that the more you get into something the more you get juiced into a theme or a topic the more you're going to connect with all the things that can help you make it real so you know he started to say oh i need someone to help me make a logo and someone would say oh i know a guy who can help you out he said I, I, i've got a spring on my land and i i'm thinking i can use this uh, water but I, I you know i need someone to help me with that and someone else would say oh i know someone who can help you with that you know the more you get juiced in is a, a kind of unusual phrase but the more you kind of immerse yourself in a topic and, and find you know something you're really passionate about the more you will find things uh, related to that topic and it might be attention bias it might be all you know whatever it is things will start to align with you in order to make it happen it doesn't mean you don't need to put a lot of work in but things will start to align for you and it's up to you to pay attention take advantage of those opportunities and so on uh, and this brings me on to one of the first themes that has been recurring in this podcast um, I've spoken to Martha Beck uh, it was one of my favorite conversations because she is so insightful and I've uh, read a couple of her books now but she said um, and she and a guy called Jason Garner who's also been on the podcast they both basically said that life is talking to us both from within and from without and it gets louder and louder and louder until it slaps us in the face now what they mean by this is that we're surrounded by signals it's happening to us all, all along and it's our own inner wisdom and it's also our circumstances in the world so take for example if you like your food like I do and you indulge too much you might start to put on a bit of weight now if you're if you're listening and paying attention you might look in the mirror and go hmm I need to start exercising and you'll start exercising if you're not paying attention you'll put on more weight your fitness will start to degenerate you know things will get worse and worse and worse until eventually you know you have some sort of health calamity that is life giving you a slap in the face and it could be the same it could be money it could be relationships it could be self-esteem constantly there are messages going on you know we feel pain in our lives we feel angst we feel um, resentment suffering you know and these can be um, uh, wake-up calls and, and signposts for us to steer our lives 
And also Martha Beck touched on something. She said, notice what you notice. So we're basically pattern recognition machines and the world is awash with information. Constantly, we're getting data all the time. And depending on our state of mind, on our perspective, we filter that information out. So what we see, what, what we pay attention to can actually be a bit of a reflection of what's going on inside us. And Martha Beck calls it her spirit mule. So it's a nice idea that there's this spirit mule guiding us, but it's actually our own intuition. And she says, pay attention to what you pay attention to. Look out for the signs, because that is sometimes your own subconscious talking to you. On that topic, I also want to talk about getting quiet. Now, we're rushing around all the time, trying to make lives better for ourselves. But how do we know when we actually get there? And the answer is, at some point, we're going to have to stop rushing around. We can choose to either stop when we're dead. You know, you can sleep when you're dead. That's the old saying, isn't it? Or we can stop when we retire, by which time you know, are we going to be young, fit enough to enjoy where we are at that age? Or we can actually slow down now and pay attention. doesn't mean we don't have to strive for better, but when we slow down, when we get quiet, it's amazing what we can hear. When we say meditation, you know, mindfulness, whatever it is we choose to, to use, when we can listen without judgment to what's going on in the world around us, to what's going on within us, we get some of these messages. We get life's messages coming to us. We become aligned with who we are, the beauty of where we are right now. And we can find some great meaning in just being present in this moment. You know, we can find great joy in the smallest of things, just when we get quiet. And there's a, there's a haiku that I keep coming back to time and time again. I love Japanese haiku because there are a few that really resonate with me because they're so, so clear and and kind of perfect in the message that they're telling and that haiku is the lamp once out cool stars enter the window frame and that means that once we turn out the light other things start to kind of take up our, our perspective so when you turn off the light in the room suddenly you can see the stars in the night sky and i don't know about you if you're ever um you know, out in a busy, busy shopping market and someone's talking to you, but you can't quite hear them because there's so much background noise. That's what life is about. When we're thinking about so many things, we've got a to-do list for tomorrow. We've got uh, so many different um, things going on. We've got uh, that email that needs replying to. I've got to think about my budget for this month's shopping. Um, oh God, I haven't phoned my mum in ages. I need to give her a call. Oh, well, I've just had an email from the boss. Oh, I hope, it, I hope it's not trouble. You know, all of these things. And it's noise, it's constant noise. But when we quieten down, once we turn that lamp out, then we start to see the stars that are in the window frame. We start to hear the subtle sounds of life, of our own intuition, our own wisdom, the things that resonate with us, the things that frighten us or excite us or fill us with joy. We get to notice different little different things that make life rich and textured and wonderful. Um, and we also come face to face with our demons. Now, a lot of the time we're scared to get quiet. I know a lot of people who meditate and they don't like the idea of meditation because there are so many things they don't want to face again. So many uh, shameful things, so many traumatic things. And, you know, sometimes actually these things need to be faced. And when we face them, they get smaller. So here's the thing. I used to um, be, when I was driving the van for a living I didn't have much money and I was in uh, 
quite a bit of debt with the bank and I would get bank statements, letters from the bank and I didn't, I was too frightened to open them so I just put them in the drawer and the situation got worse but when I faced the situation, when I started, when I, I got the courage to start opening those letters suddenly I had the information that I could use to try and deal with the situation because it wasn't going to go away on its own and life is like that, the more we run away from these things the bigger the monster gets but actually the monster, you know there's, a, there's an old saying, uh, and it was Joseph Campbell, and I've said it many times on the podcast, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And throughout literature, mythology, the notion of the dragon, um, dragons sit on a bed of gold. And if you want that gold, you have to find the dragon. Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I can't remember his name now, but... Um, uh, Peterson, let me, um, uh, but he, he had a conversation like that. Uh, he talks about the dragon all the time. Um, he wrote the 12 rules of life. I'm just Googling it now. 12 rules for life. Uh, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he's, he talks about this notion of the, the dragon that you need to face sits on a pot of gold. And if you want the gold, you have to fight the dragon. But actually, just stepping up to the dragon makes the dragon smaller. You know, our fears are worse in our mind than in truth. You know, when you're scared of the dark, the fear of the dark is more dangerous than the dark itself. So sometimes we need to face our demons. And this is what mindfulness can help us do. We can be present. We can be non-judgmental in our past, our fears, our traumas, and just be witness to them and to say, right, I need to deal with this. Because another conversation I heard with Tim Ferriss, he said, one way or another, we need to deal with it. And either we deal with it on our terms, or we deal with it on its terms. And, you know, if we don't deal with it face on, it will come out sideways. I had a conversation a couple of years ago with Donna Lancaster, who was an amazing, insightful uh, woman. She knows all about anger. And the thing with anger is if we don't deal with the things inside us that are triggering this anger, the issues, the hang-ups, the resentments, the bitterness, it will come out in other ways. We will get sick. You know, sometimes it manifests in... Uh, I've, I've had stomach issues that doctors couldn't diagnose, and it's all down to stress. You know, we get terrible neck pain, migraines, or it can manifest in things like um, anger, anger issues, alcoholism, substance abuse, other kinds of addictions and things like that. But when we use mindfulness to face our demons, to face the world, we find it can be brutal, but it can also be beautiful. And the outcome is that we get the treasure, we get the gold. You know, when, we, when we face those dragons and we come out the other side, we come with the treasure. And you know, Nietzsche also said, you know, uh, stare for too long into the abyss and the abyss s stares back into you. And that sounds quite frightening, but actually the abyss holds a lot of good stuff. Once we overcome that fear, once we take a big deep breath and step into the darkness, with courage. And another quote, because I do love quotes, I think it was Jean-Luc Goddard said, um, he who steps into the void owes no explanation to those who stand and watch. So just be brave, step into the void, do the thing that you're scared to do, face up to the things that you're, you know, avoiding. Uh, stop running away from life, just deal with it, because otherwise it's going to deal with you. Now at this time of year, People are thinking about goals. You know, tomorrow is the 1st of January and a lot of people are going to be thinking about New Year's resolutions and things like that. And a conversation I had recently with Nick Childs, we 
was kind of came up with the, the thought, goals are great. And, you know, we, we often beat ourselves up because we, we didn't get there. Uh, but then he said, well, what happens when we do? Then what? Um, and it reminded me of a, a TED talk I saw. Uh, I think it was a TED talk. It was Sean Aker. He has spent a lot of time researching happiness. And he came up with this definition of happiness. And he said, it is the joy we feel when we're moving towards our potential. And this made me think, you know, living is a state of being. Where we are right now is a state of being. I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm fulfilled, I'm broke, I'm uh, rich, I'm slim, I'm fat. You know, it's a state of being. And life is a series of these, from moment to moment, one state after another state. But living is in the doing. It's in the actions that we take. So, you know, if, if, I'm, if my current state of being is uh, dehydrated, I can do something, I can take a glass of water and my next state of being will be hydrated. You know, I won't be thirsty anymore because I just had a big glass of water. And it's in, but it's in the doing that the living occurs. And we need to find not what we want to be, because when we get to that, it's like, well, now what? We need to find what we want to do. So it's all very well having a goal, I want to be a published author, but if you hate writing, then chances are you're not going to reach that goal, or it's going to be a torturous and miserable experience getting there. But instead, if we choose something that we really enjoy, and it doesn't need to be the main thing that makes us rich, you know, it doesn't need to pay for the roof over our head, but if we can bring more of these things that we enjoy in the doing into our lives, then our state of being is going to get better and better and better. So for example, this year I took up running and my goal was to run a uh, marathon in under four hours. And I set this benchmark uh, because I feel like I've been a failure most of my life. So I said to myself, I'm going to prove that I'm not a failure and I'm going to do something and I'm going to do something well. So I set this benchmark, four hours for a marathon. You know, if I can run, that's a decent time. If I can run a, a marathon under four hours, then I will prove to myself that I'm not a failure. And the good thing is I have enjoyed that challenge because I didn't set a time limit and I've enjoyed this kind of progress. So I'm currently at half marathon. I've been resting a knee injury for the last couple of months and my weight has gone up, my fitness has deteriorated, but I've really enjoyed this kind of progression from not running at all up to 1K, then 5K, then 10K, and then up to 21.1K, which is where I'm at at the moment. And just working through it methodically, you know, I, I said I was going to, I was going to progress from the 10k mark after I'd done it in less than an hour. When I hit that, I started training for the longer distances and so on and so on and so on. And the living for me is in the doing. Because I've run a marathon before and then I didn't run again for years after I did the marathon. I stopped. So you need to find something that resonates with you, whether it's gardening, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, running a marathon, whatever it is. And build it and do it. And it's something that you, you do constantly time and time again. Uh, because living is in the doing and when you you know set yourself a really high goal and just say that's my goal that's going to be I'm going to run a marathon I'm going to run an ultra marathon I'm going to be a millionaire I'm going to get my own tv show whatever it is but then break it down into into a series of really quite achievable doings and you know build it up build it up build it up okay so and while we're doing that let's talk about the subject of faith now this is a conversation that came up, uh, let me have a look, it was a, a couple of episodes ago. It was the notion of um, having faith. This was Lindsay Hadley. 
And um, we talked about the notion of faith because um, she is a woman who has, uh, uh, she has God. And I don't, I'm not a religious person, I'm a spiritual person, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person. I don't worship a God in the kind of conventional sense of the, the word, although if you've read my writings you'll understand my perspective on that. But it's this notion of faith, something that keeps you going, and this is certainly something that I have experienced on my kind of fitness journey and my weight loss journey. At first you do these things and you have to have faith that you it's going to be worthwhile. This is why people give up on New Year's resolutions because it takes a long time to see the results. So you need something, a why, some kind of faith that it's going in the right direction, something that's going to give you some sense of satisfaction before you start to see the results. This is why it's so important to do something you enjoy in the doing. You know, we've talked about our being comes from doing. So do something you enjoy, that you have a strong why, that you have faith is taking you in the right direction. Because happiness, as Sean Aker said, is the joy you feel when moving towards your potential. All right, so now I'm going to move on to the idea of non-judgment, radical non-judgment. Because we do like to judge ourselves and others so much, and that can actually cripple us from, you know, dealing with our shit. So, you know, no, nobody wants to be judged. And when we're so judgmental, we kind of assume the rest of the world is judgmental too. And that paralyzes us because we don't want to be judged. And we judge ourselves. We, we become emotionally attached to our failings. And that stops us from progressing as well. What if I fail? What if, what will people think? I don't want people to think badly of me. All of this kind of stuff. Just stop judging. Make it a mission to stop judging. And, you know, be unapologetically you. When you stop judging others, you know, when, when someone is a little bit extra, they write some poetry or something, it's very easy for other people to go, oh God, really? Oh no, they're writing another one of their poems. But if you're doing that to someone else who is, you know, putting themselves out there, sharing their work, sharing their ideas, their creativity, then it's going to stop you doing the same. It's going to stop you from working towards your potential. So stop judging, stop judging yourself, celebrate others, celebrate yourself, be kind to yourself, forgive, 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 and free yourself from those kind of inhibiting ideas, self-narratives, that, that, that kind of chatter of negativity, because it is really, it's like a millstone around your neck. It's not going to get you anywhere. Because only when you can stop judging others and stop judging yourself and learn to forgive, can you really be unapologetically you in all your unique weirdness. And that is really important to do if you're going to live a life that is aligned with who you are and get that kind of sense of working towards your potential. Because otherwise, you're going to be living according to other people's standards and nobody wants to do that. Okay, Uh, going back to my running again, uh, another thing that uh, happened to me this year, because we were in lockdown, so I ordered some new running shoes on uh, the internet. Now, these running shoes were not very good. They were, well, they were expensive enough, but they weren't right for me because I pronate quite heavily, which means I run on the inside of my foot. And these, you know, I need special shoes that are a bit more supportive on the inside. Um, And these ones weren't. So I was running on these shoes and I got terrible knee problems. And that's why I had to rest and that's why I've uh, been putting on all this weight. But something of a metaphor here, the knee problems, the problem wasn't actually in my knee. That's just where the pain was manifesting itself. 
Um, so uh, it turned out that the problem was in my shoes. I needed more, uh, they're called supportive shoes or um, stability shoes, I think they're called. Uh, so when lockdown ended, I went and got my gait analyzed. I went to Runner's Knees, a great shop. Um, they're, they're not sponsoring this post, by the way. Uh, but um, when they, they videoed my running style, I got shoes that were much more supportive. And it turned out that uh, my glutes are not strong enough. Right, so I need to do exercise on my glutes and what have you. So my iliotibial band is um, inflamed, if you really want to know the details. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm getting at is that sometimes where it hurts is not where the problem is. And I don't know about you, but I've, I really struggle with the news and with the internet. Um, I have a big thing about the, Im the so-called immigration crisis. People, I get so wound up by people who say, I'm not racist or anything, but this country is full and we've got to stop the immigrants and all this kind of stuff. And who, who are not appreciating that the problem isn't the immigrants, so-called immigrants. The problem is whatever it is they're fleeing from. The problem is the famine, the war, the um, terrible global leadership. Uh, I don't want to get too political, but I think there is a little club of very privileged people who have one job, and that is to uh, safeguard the welfare of the people on the planet and they are failing miserably at it they need to get together stop trying to line their own pockets and start looking after their people and there wouldn't be an immigration so-called immigration crisis anyway it's enough of that but sometimes when we're hurting the pain is not uh the, the pain and the cause are not the same thing for example, we, we talked earlier on, or I talked earlier on, about how things can manifest as anger, and they can manifest as alcoholism, but actually the stressor is somewhere else. So that's just a little metaphor there. The thing that hurts isn't always the problem. Uh, the thing that hurts is just the manifestation of the problem. And now just a little bit about having high standards. It's really important to have the highest standards if you expect um, the rest of the world to have high standards and stop allowing other people's bad behavior to give you an excuse to have bad behavior um, And you know, we nobody's perfect. We all fail and we all fall flatten ourselves We'll make mistakes faux pas, you know, we all do stupid things But if we can try to be better if we can try to develop a sense of integrity then you know uh, those little cock-ups become more of a wake-up call then they can realign you. You can use those as a check-in. I've talked about how we feel being um, signposts for how we need to kind of go and develop our lives. Um, and yeah, so just uh, try and have high standards. Try, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, you know, just, just be the best you. Keep showing up. Look after yourself. This is really crucial. Um, and probably I'm going to use this to finish it up. Going into the next year, focus on your wellness. Because I, I know this personally as a terrible people pleaser and I'm working on that. Um, focus on your wellness because it will help you to show up and be better and you will get better outcomes in life. And you will be able to be better for the people you love, the people you serve, you know, being well slept, you know, well rested, being hydrated, getting exercise, eating good, healthy food, you know, looking after yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally, taking the time, prioritizing that. It's not selfish because it means that you can show up and be better 
for yourself and for others. And it's this whole idea of, of kind of stepping up to life and life will step up to meet you. You'll be better at decision making. You'll be better at being effective day to day. You know, really embrace meditation because you need that spiritually. I mean, I, I, my meditation practice has really floundered in the latter half of this year. And I didn't notice it straight away, but eventually I realized I was tired. I was stressed out and, you know, sure enough, I haven't been meditating. So that's what I'm doing this year. Going into 2022, I'm going to be focusing on my well-being. I'm going to be really eating clean, getting exercise, resting, sleeping and meditating. It's not selfish. What is selfish is when you sacrifice yourself and you deplete yourself and then you become, you know, no fun to be around. Nobody, nobody likes a drain. So really, you know, work on yourself because you deserve better. And when you are better, you can be better, you can do better, and you can, you know, you've got a better life all over. So there we go. So there is my thoughts going into 2022. So I hope that this year uh, you really start to focus in on yourself. There's a, a quote by Rumi, which is probably a nice one to end on. Uh, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. Now that I'm wise... I want to change myself and I think it's really important that when we work on ourselves we put ourselves in a better position to be more effective in all the different areas that are important to us for our loved ones for our bosses in business you know we, we make better decisions we're more able to face those things that need facing and while we're on the subject of quotes there is of course that famous James Baldwin quote that says not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing be changed unless it's faced so you know look at what you want to change face it you know make yourself strong enough and well enough to deal with it and then go ahead and deal with it otherwise it will deal with you there we go so hopefully some powerful messages there for living a really effective life in 2022 and that's it i'm going to bed i hope you uh, have a great uh, new year's eve and uh, see you on the other side cheers mm-hmm.